Hello, everyone out there. It's good to be with you again on this beautiful Sunday, another day of the Lord. Uh, rejoice and be glad in the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Today is the Lord's day, and it's good to be alive. It's a day to rejoice. It's a day to praise Him and to be thankful. God is still good. God is still on the throne. God has not left His position on the throne. He is still God. Amen. Out there. Come on, Christians out there. I want you today to get excited about who God is and about what God has done. It's very grim in our natural world, in this human earthly existence. If you look at the natural, you can get uh, downhearted. You can get uh, frustrated. You can get emotional. You can be upset. But if we look at God uh, through His Word, if we look at the eternal nature of God, uh, which bypasses time and space, which bypasses your human life, I want you to be excited. There is life in the Lord that is eternal, and that life that is in Him has been put into you. You are not dictated by this world and by this existence any longer. Your body may die, but your spirit will live forever and ever with the Lord. Amen. And that is a, uh, uh, that is a worthy uh, thing to be excited about today. And uh, he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be honored. I just wanted to give him glory and I want you to be excited about who God is and about what God has done in you today. I want to begin to talk this morning uh, about something that the Lord has been putting on my heart uh, for this season. Um, it's been on my heart this uh, entire spring of 2020, and I haven't brought it in a sermon yet. I've, uh, I've brought pieces of it, and I've touched on pieces of it yet. Uh, so far, but I have not yet preached it. And so today I'm going to begin to unravel something. Uh, it's so big in my head that I can't uh, get it into words. So hopefully it makes some sense out there for you listening. Um, but it's, uh, it's amazing how God speaks. Um, God speaks in pictures. You know, your mind uh, can see a picture uh, of something and um, words out of your mouth or words from someone's mouth and pictures in your brain uh, are working together. You can have a picture in your brain, but you can't get the words out. And someone else is saying words and you're forming pictures in your brain while you're hearing the words. Just the way that our minds work. It's an amazing uh, thing that God has uh, created here, this human brain um, and, and how it works. Uh, but sometimes it can be uh, hard as a preacher because I have an idea and I have a picture that the Lord has shown me so, uh, uh, and, uh, an idea, but it's hard for me to get it into human words because we're also spirit. So um, uh, basically, this is what I want to share today. The Bible says, in Genesis 1, let's go ahead and turn there if you have your Bible. I want you to go ahead and turn there with me. And uh, I want you to open right to Genesis chapter 
1. Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 1. We're going to go right to the very, very beginning here. And it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Everyone out there listening, I want you to say this out loud. Darkness covered the earth. There was darkness over the earth. And it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, I want to um, go into some language here. If you break down the words in verse 2, in the uh, Hebrew, um, this is what these words mean. When we read the words without form, we read void, we read darkness. Uh, These are just some definitions uh, some uh, of what those words that we we've translated them into uh, English for us to to read, um, but the original language, this is their meanings between uh, uh, for those words, and basically they mean waste, desolation, a desert, uh, figuratively a worthless thing, vain, confusion. Empty place, without form, nothing, a thing of naught, vain, vanity, waste, wilderness, formlessness, uh, unreality, emptiness, empty space, a solitary place, a place of chaos, an undistinguishable ruin, and so on. There are some other uh, very similar words in that list, but that's what those words mean. There was a wilderness. There was an undistinguishable place. It was empty. It was void. There was darkness and there was chaos. I want to say something right off the bat here today. The way that God deals with darkness is with light. The way that God deals with the chaos is with his own nature, peace. And this is what Genesis chapter 1 says. It says that the Spirit, in verse 2, hovered over that darkness. The Spirit hovered over that emptiness, that formlessness, that void, that emptiness, the chaos, the wilderness, the wasteland, the Spirit of God hovered over it. The Spirit of God put Himself, God put Himself over it. God put Himself, there was a way that the Lord was going to deal with the emptiness and the darkness and the chaos. The way that God deals with the chaos and the wasteland is with Light, verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
God said, let there be light in the darkness. Let there be light to cancel out the darkness. And there was light. In verse 4, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated. Everybody say separated. He separated the light from the darkness. So what we have to see here is that the earth without God. Now this is this is hard to imagine because we have God. <laughs> we have God. Uh, in fact, this is a reality that uh, is is so hard for our human minds to get. The greatest um, thing that we should fear, and fear is good. You know that some fear is good. We don't have fear because we have the Lord. But without the Lord, we should have fear. We fear the Lord. There's a respect and a reverence for the Lord as believers. And that's a different type of fear. That's an honor. That's a fear of the Father, just like a child fears the Father. The Father loves a child, and the child loves the Father, but the child respects the Father. That's the fear of the Lord. But without the Lord, there is a fear of the punishment. There's a fear of his judgment. And that is a good thing to have because that fear, just like the law says, if you do this or that, then this will be the punishment. And so we don't break the law out of fear of the punishment. Now, when the Lord deals with our nature and deals with our character, uh, we don't break the law, not because of fear of the punishment any longer, but we just don't break the law because we don't want to. We want to do what's right. But initially, uh, the fear of punishment is what trains us. It's, it's like what teaches us uh, of what is right and wrong. It's that fear of punishment. So there is uh, a... a Reality that is so hard for our mind to understand, but the greatest fear, the greatest weight, the, the greatest heaviness that we could possibly understand uh, of, of hell, the thing that we, should, uh, we would fear the most without Christ about hell is the absence of God. It's, the, it's, it's God not being there. Now, this is too hard for our minds to get because even the worst sinner, even the worst of the worst of the worst on the earth today still has God around them. Now, they don't have God in their hearts, but God is still in the earth. God is still in his creation. God is all around us. He's in everything and he's in believers around them and so on. Uh, but hell really is the absence of God. It's the removal. It, it's, it's, there is no God there. God's not there. And that really is a, a, a darkness that we can't even understand in our human minds. And what God did in this earth, it was, 
It was created, but it did not have God in it. And, and, and again, our minds, is, this is hard to get, but there, it's a void. It's a wasteland. If you remove God, God is light. We're going to get into these verses, but the Bible says that God is light. Let's just go ahead and look at some verses. And uh, hopefully this is making some sense. I'm going to try to make some sense out of this. But this is what the Bible says. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In John chapter 1, That was 1 John, but in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, we read something similar. Uh, It says, in the beginning, uh, and this is uh, referring directly to what we just read here in Genesis, chapter 1, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Verse 2 and verse 3, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Verse 4, the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it or comprehend it or or put it out in any way, shape, or form, physically, mentally, spiritually, etc., whatever. The darkness can't touch the light, depending on your translation there. Verse 9, And the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So we have to see the earth with, even though it was created by God, with the absence of God's presence. Without God's presence, it's dark. And that's really what we're seeing uh, in the earth, even though God is still around, because the world has pushed God out so hard. They've really pushed him out. In this nation, we've pushed God away. And if you push God away, God is light. You're going to have darkness. The darkness is going to be very obvious When we push away the light, we push away his law, we push away God's ways, we push away God's people, and then God's people, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but God's people who are supposed to be the representations of the light are shining so dim, we're not representing Christ the way that the word has called us to represent him. We may have churches and we may call ourselves believers, Uh, But much of the church is not representing him the way that we're supposed to. So there is so little light that the darkness is so evident. And that's what happens. Just as in creation, without God, it was dark. It was void. It was waste. It was chaos. You will get chaos and you will get darkness without God. But God injected himself into this earth. God put himself as the foundation to everything that was made. This is what we're reading between Genesis 1 and John chapter 1, that God put himself as the foundation. What God did, the very first thing he did in creating this this world was uh, upon the surface of the waters was to 
uh, say, let there be light. And if you look in your scriptures, you're going to see not even until the fourth day was the sun and the moon sitting in our sky. So we see from the word that the light was himself. It's It's his own nature. It was not the sun and the moon and the stars, but his own character, his own nature. It was him. He is the light. God is light. Jesus is light. The way that God deals with the darkness is to speak. It's to be. uh, This is hard for me to get into words, but he spoke himself. We have to see that God spoke and it was. John chapter, uh, chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the light. He was the light because uh, God spoke, but Jesus is the word. So it's the voice of God. It's the representation out of God's heart comes Jesus. And then Jesus coming into the world in the flesh is the direct uh picture of what happened at the very beginning in creation, Jesus coming into the world was the way to deal with the spiritual darkness. The way that God deals with the darkness is with the light, it's with his nature, with his character, and with his word. The light of God is his word. Jesus is the word. The way that God deals with darkness is with Jesus. Now, this is so significant, yet as Christians, it almost sounds so elementary. Yes, Pastor, we know that Jesus is the light. We know that Jesus is the answer. We're believers. We know that. But I need to get this into our hearts and into our minds today that that. Jesus is the only answer. And you're still saying, yes, we know that. No, I really, really need us to get this. We need to understand that there is no program. There is no social uh, program. There is no um, agenda. There is no outreach. There is no political agenda, etc., that will compare with Jesus. Jesus is the only answer, the only way to deal with this darkness that we are experiencing and this chaos that we are experiencing is with Jesus. And what we need to understand something, that just because the darkness doesn't like it, Just because you don't get the response that you want when we speak Jesus, when we speak the word, when we preach the gospel, does not mean that it's not having effect. The darkness does not want to hear the gospel. The darkness does not want to be penetrated, to be overcome by Jesus. And it will show itself. It will rear its head like a serpent. But we need to 
Know this, that it's having effect when you begin to pray, when you begin to seek the Lord, and you begin to call upon the name of Jesus, and you begin to then speak those words into your community. You begin to just pray out the Word of God over your home, and you pray the Word of God over your loved ones, and you pray the Word of God over your community, and you speak that Word of God, and you speak the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ to your community. It may seem like nothing is happening sometimes, but you need to understand that the Lord deals with darkness with one thing, and that is with His light, that is with Jesus Christ. And it does not matter what you think or what you are understanding in your human mind or what you are seeing, uh, it, it is having such a powerful effect that you don't even understand. I began to study and I just began to look just quickly. I am not, uh, uh, um, uh, I have no uh, advanced college degree. I have no master's in science, that's for sure. But I just began to just do my own study on uh, natural light, on the spectrum of light, and just just very quickly found out some things that um, many of us know already, but I just think that we should be reminded of that uh, visible light, visible light, the light that you can see is, is such a small portion of the spectrum, the whole, uh, the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, it is such a small piece of light. Light can be infrared. Your eyes can't even see it, but we have technology today where we use infrared light and we can, we can see in the darkness. And then we have the other spectrum. We can go uh, to the other extreme where we go to ultraviolet light. And we find today uh, science is using ultraviolet light uh, to kill bacteria, Ultraviolet light can instantly kill germs and bacteria. And this is and that is in the unseen. The infrared and the ultraviolets in the unseen. These aren't even seen. And so they're the visible light, the light you can see, is actually a very small portion of the spectrum of light. Uh, I don't want you to to so have your head spinning right now, I want you to just focus on the Lord, just focus on Jesus this morning, but I want you to get this, that we need to understand that we were put here for one purpose. God came into his creation. God mixed himself, his own nature, into the elements of the earth. God spoke it into existence, and God put himself into the earth. God hovered above that darkness. God dealt with the darkness, and Satan came and tried to trick and tried to bring Adam and Eve back into uh, his dominion, bring them back into uh, the darkness and brought them out of the light of God. But Jesus Christ brings us back in. And hopefully I can unravel some of this and make a little sense out of this. But we firstly needed to understand that just this the simple idea that we already know. <clears throat> excuse me. We already know this, but it needs to be said again that God is light. 
Jesus is the light. And it doesn't matter what you think is happening, that when the name of Jesus is spoken, darkness trembles. You need to see this like this. Even in the darkest of darkness, in fact, the darker it gets, the easier it is to see a small light. It can be the tiniest of lights, but the darkness, it cannot touch the light. Science uh, really is going to tell you this, and I, and I think this is, this is so true uh, as we bring it into the kingdom of God. They say, it will tell you that darkness really doesn't exist. Darkness is not really real. Darkness is just the absence of light. It's not really there. It's just there is no light. And that's a hard thing for our mind to get. But really, it's so uh, cool to think about this. Satan has no power. He's not really in control. Darkness really doesn't have power. Although, if you look in our world, and even in this nation right now, it looks like they're running the show. And it can be overwhelming, Christian out there. It can be a little overwhelming to see what darkness is doing, what the enemy is doing, and it seems like he's really taking this whole thing down. But we need to understand something. The answer is the light, that it really doesn't have any power. It just doesn't have light right now. We need the light. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ, that as soon as Jesus comes on the scene. As soon as he comes on the scene, it doesn't matter. They can try. They tried uh, killing him, putting him on a cross, but they had no power. There is no power over Jesus. Jesus is a penetrating force. Even even science has figured this out, that that if we take light and and we direct it, in, and concentrate it. They run it through crystals and do different things to create a laser beam that if light is put into the right concentration, it can cut. It can cut through. It can cut. It's a laser. It strikes. The darkness cannot touch it. Nothing can touch it. There's no element. There's nothing that can stop the light of Jesus Christ. The light of the gospel and the light of Jesus cannot be stopped. We must be that light today. We must be the light. This is the first thing that God is light, but we must also understand that we are light. That just as God dealt with the darkness by speaking the light, and the Bible says, and it was... The light was obedient, and it was. Now, this is what the Lord has been showing me for these last few months. It's such a simple concept, so I don't want to overcomplicate it. But when God spoke the light, the light obeyed him, and it was. God has spoken us as well into existence. We are actually light God put us on this earth to shine. 
And I want to just read some verses. First, he had to shine in us, but then we are to shine. The light obeyed him. And as it obeyed him, it was as if we will obey him and just be and just listen to what he has called us to be, to be the light. It was, the Bible says it was, it appeared, it was there, it existed, and he separated the light from the darkness. The Lord has brought a separation. When you came into Christ, you were separated. God separated you from the darkness. You are no longer of this world. You are no longer of chaos, and you are no longer in confusion. You are no longer just wandering in a wasteland, but now you have purpose. You were put here for a purpose. He has given you a purpose, and you must now shine with that purpose. So let's go ahead and look. The Bible says in James chapter 1, the Bible says that God the Father is the Father of lights. James 1 verse 17 that he's the father of lights. And it says in in verse 17, continuing, he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. There is no shadow. There is no darkness. He is a father of light and it is pure light. There is no darkness in him. There is none. It is pure. It is clean. And again, I, I just, just, barely scratching the surface science is barely touching the 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 amazing uh uhness of, of who god is just just barely understanding what light even is and that's just that's just understanding natural light but the bible says that that is god's nature it's clean it cuts it's pure it shines it guides it corrects it brings life, etc. That is who God is. And it says that he chose to give birth, verse 18, this is James 1, to us. So he's the father of lights. He has no shadow. And then he gave birth to us by giving us his true word. And the word is Jesus and the word is light. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the word and the light. The word is the light. The light is the word. And we out of all creation became his prized possession. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. Just stay with me and uh, I will try to not speak too long today. But I just want to get something here for us. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to us. It's a, a thought, a simple thought, but really uh, I believe that the Lord will plant this word down in your hearts and it will become a revelation. It'll become something greater than just the words that you're hearing out of my mouth. It'll become something that has to happen in your spirit. But this is what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, you are children for you are all the children of the light and of the day we don't belong to darkness and night so be on your guard not asleep like the others stay alert and be clear-headed 
We need to understand this, that we must be. When he said, let there be light, and it was, and it was good, it was obedient to him. It existed because he spoke it, but it was. We must be light. When he spoke it, when he spoke into your life, when he spoke the word, when the gospel of Jesus Christ pierced your heart, something began to happen, and now we must be. I know it sounds too simple, but you just must be. It must be obedient. You must be. You must just be there. I don't know how else to put it except to say that, for it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, you once were full of darkness, just like the earth. You are darkness. You had chaos. Your life without Christ is chaos. It's dark. The world without Christ is chaos. It doesn't matter what agenda uh, or a political uh, plan or person that we try to put into place or in power, it will fail without Jesus Christ as the center and as the source. It is darkness without the Spirit of the Lord hovering upon the waters. That's what it says. It was darkness, and it says that we, Ephesians 5, were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. We must listen to the Lord. We must be separated. He separated the light from the darkness. You don't worry about the darkness. You don't have to try to deal with the darkness. You just have to be. You have to just understand this. If we will just be, if we will just exist in the way that he's called us to, that's very, very important. Now I'm starting to get a little bit deeper. When I just say just the be, it is that that you be exactly what the Lord has spoken, not our perception. And, and, and this is so hard for us to get, but we cannot let, this is why churches, you cannot let the world influence you. You cannot mix together their ideas and their theologies and their philosophies with the gospel. We cannot mix them because then it is not the true light. Light is light and darkness is darkness, period. You cannot mix the two together. We must be what the word has called us to be in its fullness and it's in its completeness, just like God with no shadow, with no darkness in us at all. We cannot mix the world. We cannot mix its ways with us. You cannot look even, and I'm going to just make a quick statement. You cannot look at people and we love them. We love this world We love the people of this world because the Bible says that God loved this world so much. He loved this world so much. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, for this world. He loved us that much that he sent his only son. So we know that God loves this world. And we as believers, we love this world. We love people. We must love. If you don't have love, you don't have God. That's just, that's a fact. That's not... uh, weird 
that's not uh, human. That's not philosophical. I mean, that's just the Bible. I don't, I'm not going to add or take away from that. You don't have love. You don't have God. Period. So we love people. But we must say this, that you cannot look at people through emotion. You cannot look at the world and see their compromise and their darkness and say, it's okay. We used to say in Christianity, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin, right? Love the person, hate what they do. Don't hate them, hate what they do. It's not really them. It's a spirit. It's They've given themselves over. They're listening to Satan instead of listening to God. We must not look and try to become like them. We must not try to link arms with them. Jesus was able to be in the world, but not of it. Jesus was able to deal with really difficult issues, really hard issues in the world that he was living in. I mean, he's God and Jesus is existing today. Jesus is alive today just as much as he was before creation began, but he actually walked the earth in the flesh. And in the flesh, during that time, there were issues. There was political issues. There was occupational issues. Occupational as in the that they were being occupied by Rome. I mean, there were issues. There was stuff going on, and the there was there were uh, different cultures going on. We had, and and the word tells us about some of those things going on. And Jesus was there in the midst of it, and he dealt with some of the issues and some of the misunderstandings without compromising and without becoming like them. And and I'll leave the statement there, but we must not let the darkness influence us. It is time that just as God dealt with darkness, with his word, with the light, that we do the same. And we don't worry about what they're doing or how they're uh, moving and changing the world. We just need to be what God has called us to be. It is more powerful. Darkness has no power. It only has power when there is no light. We need to not be afraid of the darkness, but we must just be what God has called us to be. It will penetrate, even if it's in the unseen, in the infrared, in the ultraviolet. Your words and your prayers being a representation and a reflection of the light of God in you and through you are having effect. I promise you, whether you see it or not, they are having effect in the earth and in your community. It says in Ephesians 5, we're to carefully determine, verse 10, Uh, Actually, let me read verse 9. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. The light of God comes into us and it produces something in us. And it tells us in verse 10 to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. This is is so key. We must, I don't want to use a new age word, but we must get aligned or you can also say it this way, we must get into unity. I preached on that some weeks ago now. 
into unity with God and unity with his word. We must get aligned with his word because when we do take, it says carefully determine what pleases the Lord and take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. When we get aligned with him, when we let the light of Jesus Christ work in us and kill the darkness in us and deal with the darkness in us it will come out of us it will it will shine out of us it is shameful verse 12 to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret verse 13 but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them now, many people think that the light is someone standing on a corner and pointing out their issues. And that is not what God has called us to do. God has told us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't need to point out their issues. All we need to do is point to Jesus. We just need to point to repentance. We don't need to talk about the actual particular finite issue. Those issues will be dealt with by the Lord. We need to point to Jesus. We shine the light of Jesus upon our community, upon the person. We point them to Christ and Jesus will point out the finite, the the small, the the little thing, it might not seem little to our, our human eyes, but the real issue is that they're separated from Christ. It's not that the sin that they're doing, the real issue is their separation from Christ. And so if we point them to Christ, he'll deal with the issue. And we are not to deal with the issue. We need to deal with the, the big picture, which is that they are not in the light. If we put them in the light, just point to the word, point to the light of the word, point to the light of Jesus Christ, then he will expose, it will expose the issues. It will expose it and it will deal with it. It says, for the light makes everything visible. This is why he said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. Philippians chapter two, verse 15, again, saying something very similar It says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, a direct reference to Genesis chapter 1 we're reading here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now we're talking about a spiritual thing. He did something physical on the earth from his spirit, right? From the spirit, the spirit of God. The spirit of God hovered above the waters and he dealt with something. It manifested in the physical from the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the exact same thing is happening that he says, let there be light in the darkness, referring to Genesis 1, is speaking to us, the saint, through the Spirit of God again. It says, he has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face 
of Jesus Christ. And in verse 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts. I want to get into that just for a minute, but uh, in a minute I will. I just want to point this out, that the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that it says that God said that we are to be light in the darkness, just like he spoke light in the darkness. Just as he said, let there be light, he is telling us to be light. And this is so key because Philippians 2, which I just read a minute ago, says shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hopefully you're getting this out there. Hopefully I'm not uh, babbling and hopefully it's not just too overly complex. I hope that this is simple to understand that if we will just be what God has called us to be, if we will live truly by the word, if we will listen to the word of God, just as the light obeyed him, if we just be what he's called us to be and just listen and be obedient and then let that, it will let that work in us. It will naturally come out of us. And not every single person will like it. Not many will like you still because that's just, Unfortunately, what Jesus has already prophesied, that they hated him, and if they hated him, they'll hate you. And you don't worry about that. That is hard for our human mind to understand. You don't worry about that. You just be who God has called you to be, and just as Jesus came into the earth in the flesh, and many hated him, and they even put him on a cross, there were those that saw him The Bible calls it eyes to see and ears to hear. There were those that were touched by Jesus and they saw it and they wanted what he had and they knew that he was the answer and they wanted to follow him. And so we, if we will just be the light, not every single person will listen to you and not many, unfortunately, will even like you, but there will be those. There will be the ones that they will see it and they will say that is what I want. There's a light. I can see it. I can see there's something different about you. And you can't be different because you're good, because you can't be good, but you can have a goodness come out of you because Jesus did something inside you and a light begins to shine out of you and they can see it. The world will see it. The world will not hear your words of accusation. The the world is not going to hear your words as you point your finger at them. And Jesus didn't either. But if you will love them and if you will just be the believer that God has called us to be, if you will just be a representation of God, they will see it. And then the words, then they will hear the words. Jesus was, he was pure, he was clean, he was submitted. And then because he was, then they heard. We need to understand this. We must be, because if we will be, it was. The light was, and then it shone. It was obedient, but then it did. If we will be obedient to God's word, when he spoke us into existence, he spoke into us, he spoke through the word. If we will listen, then we will shine. If we will just be what he's called us to be, we will shine. The light will shine. Amen. Something amazing happened in the Old Testament. And this is what 2 Corinthians 4 
it's referring to really two things at once. We're looking at Genesis 1, but we're also looking at this picture about this glory. It's the glory of God. It's the light in the darkness, but it also says the glory of God. And we read about a character. His name's Moses, right? In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 34 says that when Moses, and I'm going to wrap this up with this and we'll get more into it in another time. But it says that Moses went up and he had an encounter with God. It says in Exodus chapter 34 that Moses was told to write down all these instructions. Now, this is why uh, we really need to understand our word and really read the whole word. I mean, from cover to cover, it's such an intertwined picture. All of it intertwines with the rest of it. There's so many amazing analogies and pictures that all come together throughout the whole word. And this is what God said. Write down all these instructions. We see that right away here, the word of God, the instruction of God is intertwined with what we're about to see with the glory of God, with the light of God. It's the word. It's the instruction, the illumination of his word. The word of God is a light unto my path. It's a lamp unto my feet. The word is light. The instructions of God are light. As they work in our heart, light will come. This is what happens. He begins to spend time with God on the mountaintop, and he's writing down the instructions. Think about this. Just picture this. He's getting the instruction from the Lord. He's getting into alignment with God, into alignment with God's word. And this is what happens. Moses remained there, verse 28, on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And he he ate no bread, he drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. In verse 29, when Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, He wasn't aware that his face had become radiant, or you may, your translation might say, it shone. His face literally had a shine to it. It shone and it was radiant because it says he had spoken to the Lord. When we have an encounter with God and we have an encounter with him through his word, Jesus is the word. When we submit to the word of God, we are having an encounter just like Moses did with God. And something begins to happen. It supernaturally changes you. And we must not be ashamed of the word. We're ashamed because the word is so different from the world. So we want to try to be in this world, but we don't want to be you know, too different. We don't want to be weird. So we're afraid to be too Bible. And we just need to stop being afraid of what the world thinks of us. We need to stop uh, uh, pulling back because the world calls us names, because they don't understand us. You know, they don't get it. We need to stop worrying about that. We just need to be what the word has called us to be and not care what who or, or whatever says about us or thinks about us. The Bible says that his face began to shine. Not everyone will care. Even though his face shone, there was still sin. We can read there. They still had to deal with issues in Exodus and on. In fact, 
you know, a whole generation we, we know doesn't even go into the promised land because they doubt God and have issues there with God. And there's many other issues. You can read that in your word yourself in your own time. But if you're a believer out there, you know this story. It's tough to hear. It's tough to read. They uh, go through so much stuff. They, they uh, see the glory of God. He comes down with the instruction. And, and, and right around this time right here, we've got the golden calf, right? So, so you, we have to understand this. Not everyone is going to listen. And we gauge our light by, we gauge our Christianity. We decide if we're going to shine, or if we're going to let our shine, or if we think we are shining so, as well, based on um, how people are responding. And, and you just need to be what God's called you to be, and you don't worry about anybody. You don't worry about anything. You just be. You just have to just shine. You just shine, and you let the light of God do its own work. You just let it do its work. It will work. You be the word, you speak the word, you pray the word. You don't worry about how your prayers are working. You just keep praying and they are working. And so it says that whenever, verse 34, he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord and he would get the instructions from the Lord, verse 34 says. So he would continue to do this. He would go into the tent, he would get the instructions from the Lord. And in verse 35, it says, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow on his face. So he would go in, spend the time with the Lord, get into the presence of the Lord, get into alignment with the instruction, get into the alignment with the word, get into the word, let the word just be the word and stop trying to micromanage it and change it and make it work to this world and make it adapt and make it relevant and make it fit and make it cool. But it, it just is what it is. The word is the word and God is who he is and it will never fit in this world. The darkness will always be the darkness. We just have to be the light. And it says that he would have to put a veil over his face until then, he returned to speak with the Lord and took the veil off. And, and, and this was what the priest used to say. It's such a special promise. The priest used to say, the Lord bless you. Numbers chapter 6, you can read this, 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. Verse 25, the Lord make his face shine upon you. We must let the Lord shine upon us. We must get into alignment with him. You know, the sun shines and the moon is in the right alignment. God ordered it. God brought order. He's brought order to our life. The moon is sitting out there in space and the light of the sun shines upon the moon. But then the moon gives light in the darkness. The, the moon does not have its own light. We don't have our own light. We are getting light from the sun. The sun of God is shining upon us and then we shine. We reflect God. We just be. We just we just sit there. We just are. We're just obedient. And what's amazing is is uh if you start to, you know, do your studies, there's a couple of really interesting things. One is that Lucifer his name means light reflector and he's even if you do your studies uh possibly the moon god and, and and i don't want to get into the depth of that but satan is the moon god 
a little g, of course, but his job was to reflect God. He was a light reflector. That is what we are called to be. What he couldn't do or didn't want to do because of rebellion. And you can see the, uh, you can see what's going on, what darkness is. It rebels. It's obstinate. It's stubborn. It's pride. There is pride. So we must be in submission. We must be in the place that he's called us to be. And this is what's also interesting. The moon controls the tides. If we will be where God has called us to be, and we will just stand in the place that he has told us to stand and let his light shine upon us, it will also control, it will change the tides. It will change the tides of life, right? We have these this phrase in, in our English language about the tides, right? The tides referring to the way the movements of life, the, the way the world is moving and, and the way things are turning and shaping, right? We call them the tides. And the moon controls the tides. Satan uh, wants to try to control the tides, but we are truly, we are the true reflection of God. We are the true reflection of Jesus Christ, and we must reflect what he has put in our hearts. He's done a work in our hearts. We must be, we must be obedient, and we must shine in the darkness. It will give illumination to this world, and it will change the tides of this world. And I don't want to get into anything deeper because we could keep going, but it's amazing how good God is, how big God is, and how really God has given us so many pictures. He has given us so much to understand who he is. People say, I don't understand God. I don't understand the word. But really, there's so much that he has given us to understand him. And it's still just a facet of him. But he's bringing understanding more and more and more the more we know him and walk with him. And if we will let that work in us and let it come through us and do a work inside of us, and just shine the way that he's called us to be and not worry and not try to help him do it. Just be. Uh, the world will see it. And the world, those that want him, they will uh, recognize it and they will accept it. And that is uh, between them and the Lord. You just be and you don't worry about those that don't receive you. And those that do, you just give them what you have. Amen. And so that's it. I just want to bless you and love you. And it uh, looks like we're going to be together now. Uh, by the next sermon, this will probably be with an audience. So uh, I love you. And uh, we're going to talk to you, it looks like, next week. So uh, bless you. And we'll see you then.